Hey Dongles, it's Dan with an important announcement. So, after the recording of this episode, and before its release, obviously, um, we lost our fellow Dongle, Amanda. Uh, she went by Mandy on Facebook. Amanda and I were friends for about eight years, and it's really strange to lose someone you have never met in person, yet that loss still hits the same. Amanda was a strong supporter of this podcast since the beginning, and she really wanted us to cover Sleepaway Camp. She was elated when we finally did cover it during our first Summer Slasher Camp last year in 2021. Amanda also had what she wanted to say and kicked around the idea of starting a podcast of her own, but eventually found her way to hosting her own internet music show, The Unhinged Ginge, and it was on Moshville Radio, where she played all her favorite 90s alternative, punk, and even metal. Amanda was always ready to drop some guar for me and any requests by her devoted listeners. In the beginning, she would message me for advice during her live programming. Of course, there were hiccups with tech, and she said she hated her voice, something all of us in podcasting know too well. But I assured her that there was nothing wrong with her voice and to just keep going. Unapologetically, yet beautifully crass and a caring friend is how I will remember Amanda. This year, we will return to Summer Slasher Camp in Amanda's honor. We are leaving it up to you, the Dongles, to choose the three movies we cover in June, July, and August. Join the Dongle Den Facebook group linked in the notes, and I'll have a poll where members can put in their own selections for votes, and we'll do the top three. We won't be limiting the slashers to a camp theme this year, so feel free to get nuts with it. We all miss you, Amanda. Hey, kid. Do you want to watch a movie where a man injects ecto-cooler into people and then they go bananas? That sounds awesome! Cool, get the cat. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm still Dan. And I am still Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of golden age VHS rental store flicks. In what? In spoiler fed... No, 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 no. In spoiler heavy fashion. Spoiler fezzy fashion. We're, We're both wearing fezzes right now. Oh, yeah. Or would that be Fez? I'm not sure what the plural of Fez is. Fuz? <laughs> oh, anyway, so what we're covering, it's something very special this month. We are covering Reanimator. Everybody just loves Reanimator, but here's the thing. We got to see it, a 35 millimeter print of the uncut version. Mm-hmm. And man, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, it was part of the Wisconsin Film Festival, 
and it was one of several films that was donated to the Wisconsin Center for Film and Theater Research in Madison, Wisconsin, by director Stuart Gordon. So that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Because as it turns out, he's an alumni of UW-Madison, which I did not know. I did not know that, yeah. And that's pretty amazing. So, yeah, he did a lot of stuff down here and did a lot of theater work and went on to actually start a theater that's still around. Yeah. The Broom Street Theater. So that's super crazy. Yeah, Madison's just really cool. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, also his three daughters and co-screenwriter Dennis Paoli all showed up for a Q&A after. Pretty cool. Which, it was really cool to get a lot of their personal stories on things mm-hmm. and some of their insight. Yeah. I mean, some of it might come up while we're talking, but yeah, I don't know. It was just really cool to get those personal anecdotes. Yeah. Especially from the co-screenwriter. Uh-huh. Because he and Stuart Gordon were friends since high school. Yeah. And they went to the UW together. Yeah. Just lifelong friends after that. So that's really cool. Yeah, he was a super cool guy, too. Oh, yeah. He was a lot of fun. I like how somebody did ask him about how involved he was, like, going on set and stuff. And yeah. He was just like, I was never on set. I was <laughs> I was a writer. Yeah, he said that they're the first, the writers are the first ones off the project. <laughs> you write it, and then you're basically gone. Yep. So, I mean, what an experience for you, being your first time. Yeah. Seeing Reanimator yeah. in a small theater full of people who just were there to see Reanimator. Mm-hmm. I was worried that it was going to end up being like a midnight movie screening where people were going to just start saying all the lines. Thankfully that never happened. Oh no. Everybody was super cool and respectful. Yeah. That was a great audience. It really was. I mean, there, there was a group of people behind us or, or was it just one? Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, she had never seen reanimator. Yeah. And to just have those reactions to something I've seen so many times from a complete stranger was Pretty cool. That was priceless. That was so great. Because anytime we've seen a horror movie in the theater, it's not that busy. No. Anytime I ever saw one growing up in the theater, it was never that busy. So what an experience. This was fantastic. Yeah. Apparently they're going to show some more films later this year. Um, Especially Dagon. I love me some Dagon. (laughs) That'd be really cool. Oh yeah. Except that cgi in it but we'll deal with that you get past it <laughs> oh i don't even care in that movie yeah i mean it's hard to watch but the rest of it really makes up for it but enough about that let's move on to some imdb info so according to imdb after an odd new medical student arrives on campus a dedicated local and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments Centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. Yeah, that's fair. That's straight and to the point. So, Reanimator was directed by Stuart Gordon. H.P. Lovecraft gets a writing credit on this, too. Interesting. Based off of, well, Dennis Paoli said, what, five Five. different stories? Yeah. I wasn't going to get into which ones. No. Nobody asked. Nobody asked. 
that's fine. <laughs> but as we all know, nobody's really put a good H.P. Lovecraft story on film. Unless it's just like that short film. That might get you some emails, that statement there. I hope it does. Yeah. Right in. So it could go directly into the trash. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of another controversial thing here, let's get to the cast. Because, oh, who do we have first? Jeffrey Combs. Not Coombs, everybody. I hear Coombs all the time. I've never heard that. I've never. So in preparation for this, mm -hmm. I watched an interview that was just him talking, and he introduced himself as Jeffrey Combs. I didn't even know that was a thing. It's a thing, so. Oh, people are dongles. <laughs> Real bozos out there. <laughs> so that's it. As far as I'm concerned, that's a dead issue. Save yourself that email. My coworker says, instead of Henry Cavill, he says, Henry Cavill. And I'm like, what are you saying? Every single time he talks about him, he just hasn't corrected it. Like, Combs, that's easy. It's a word. That is a word. <laughs> it's no different. Anyway, moving on. We also have Bruce Abbott and the always lovely Barbara Crampton. She's been in everything. So she's a big genre actress. I'm sure even you've seen her in stuff. Probably. I don't pay attention to <laughs> actors and actresses like that. <laughs> David Gale and uh, we'll throw in Robert Sampson as well because he's in it enough. Everybody else is just either nonsense or butts. But I guess, oh, well, you know what? Carolyn Purdy Gordon. Let's throw her in there. Stuart Gordon's wife. Yeah. Just because... He put her in a bunch of stuff. Ooh, how about a trailer, Brennan? Oh, for sure. Initiate trailer now. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately, they're getting on his And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Homer, you're insane! Now what happened? I had to kill him! He's dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? It will scare you to pieces. 
That's a new fancy machine we got there for, for trailers, huh? Yeah, that's a trailerizer. Huh. Never seen that one before. Well, whatever you do, wear pants around it. That's all I'm going to okay, say. Okay, okay. It's very dangerous. Okay. I'm just going to kind of start off with a brief description of our main characters, and that'll kind of give us a lot of story bits, I guess. Okay, okay. So we have Herbert West, uh, played by Jeffrey Combs, and he is a titular reanimator, and he's obsessed with conquering death using his reagent, which was kind of already in the IMDb stuff, I guess, but whatever. We have Dan. He's a med student at Miskatonic University. No, you're not. (laughs) Oddly enough, this is one of those movies where I don't really think about it. Yeah. Normally I do. The whole time I'll just be thinking, oh, somebody says, Dan, there's a lot of yelling for Dan in this movie, and I just don't respond. The only Brennan I know on film is Step Brothers, so... That's pretty great, Brennan. That's pretty great, Brennan, yeah. Yeah. You lucked out with that one. I sure did. <laughs> but yeah, um, med student at Miskatonic University. Who doesn't learn when to stop, no matter how many zany situations happen? He really has insane drive. He does. Like, the most horrible thing could happen right in front of him. He's like, okay, this is perfect. Right. When he's introduced, it's patient dying on the table. And he just keeps wanting to yeah. keep going. Yeah. Like, he just has that drive, and he has a lot of spirit. He has a good heart. Does he, though? Well, well, okay. <laughs> in the beginning, he does. I mean, I really kind of question his motivations throughout all this. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, towards I don't the, know. Definitely towards the end. Definitely, yes. I mean, after a while, it does get a lot out of hand. But, I mean, I guess I could see that initial excitement once he first sees the reagent. Once he first sees the reagent, yeah. Yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't look good. No. It's not a good look. No. Um, We also have uh, Megan, the only person who's not cool with anything happening in this movie before things even start getting out of hand. She is Dan's fiance and also the Dean's daughter. Messy. Yeah. We also have Dr. Hill, played by David Gale, who just chews it up in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeffrey Combs in this movie. Just every scene they're in. Fantastic. Um, he's the inventor of a laser drill, and he's also a lobotomizing jerk and a huge creep. Yep. And I'm also going to give a special shout out to the cigar chomping security guard who's always willing to get a coffee or run off with a nudie magazine so all the morgue shenanigans can take place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just conveniently gone. And he, he didn't even have to be in this movie. Like when you think about it. No, he didn't. No, but I'm so happy he is. Me too. Because that guy just seems to be having a good time. Yeah. So after an incident with his reagent in Germany. Herbert West comes to the States and starts working at Miskatonic University or just going there, I suppose. It seems like it's very much like a he's doing his clinicals. Yeah. Um, he shows up and he just butts heads with Dr. Hill right away. And Jeffrey Combs does not play this character subtle by any means. Mm-mm. So he's just instantly off. So it's understandable that when he goes to move into Dan's place because Dan's looking for a roommate, that Megan is just not cool with it. She's instantly creeped out by him. But uh, it doesn't take long for reanimation shenanigans to kind of start. And uh, first things first, Dan's cat. Uh, 
<laughs> they actually start looking for the cat, and they find the cat in the fridge, which the reaction from everybody in the crowd. Yeah, everyone's like, all, "Oh, all this cat stuff." Yeah, I mean, this is like the first of a couple scenes that didn't really go over well for a lot of people yeah. in the audience. Yeah, but um, yeah, so our cat is uh, first to be reanimated. Well, I, in, in the states, yeah, I Twins. do. I like I like West fighting the cat. That whole bit in the basement, in the in the basement when the cat's first reanimated, that fight is amazing. Just a grown man with a puppet cat, yeah. stuck to his back. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty awesome. I mean, he's just smashing into everything. Uh huh. Tumbling over, lots of good physical. Oh yeah. Just acting going on. And also he's really good too with all the subtle jokes in this, which I've seen in a lot, so they're just kind of things I chuckle about when he says things, so it was cool to hear a lot of people chuckle mm-hmm. with it. Because even I even watching it with friends when I was younger didn't really, you know, get those responses from those weird dry jokes. Yeah, the joke, the comedy overall. Especially from West. Is so good. Yeah, some of the dialogue in this is, is fantastic. Really funny. Yeah, there's the one line uh, from the trailer that's that we definitely listen to. Yeah, speaking of um, my history with Reanimator, I ended up watching this a whole bunch of times when I was younger, and then in high school, I bought the VHS copy that was being sold from the grocery store video department near my house. And I brought it home. My mom, not a fan of this movie. <laughs> For I think everybody would know why if you know the movie. And she wanted me to even get rid of it. That didn't happen very often when I was young. Usually it was just anything goes. You had a <clears throat> corrupted youth. Oh! Is that the title of the show, everybody? That's the name of it. Oh. Yeah, I wore it out. I still have it somewhere. I mean, like, when I say a word out, it it broke. And I spliced it together with scotch tape. And then it worked fine after that. I was pretty scared. But I've probably only watched it a handful of times since then. And probably well over 20 years since the last time I watched it. Jeez. VHS. Well, one thing leads to another. Um, yeah, so that cat ends up getting reanimated twice. Because they were able to just kill it. And then they bring it back. That's when Megan sees it. And was just like, of course. Uh, I mean, I was trying to figure out, like, what time was this? Because Dan woke up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Hold on. <laughs> also, you should knock first. Yeah. I mean, they might have been sleeping. But anyway, it doesn't matter because story needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, Dan's all on board at this point. Because I suppose there is a degree of... You did see a dead cat return to life. Yeah. Either way, whether it works on humans or not, that's going to be a major breakthrough. And you get to be a part of it. Oh, for sure. So at this point, I mean, I guess it's not really... I mean, the the cat freaking out and attacking is kind of a good sign of, yeah, probably shouldn't get involved. Yeah. Or maybe this needs to be, you know, a little more on the up and up. People just won't understand. So they decide, like anybody would, to sneak into the morgue and reanimate a corpse. 
And so when they were going around trying to figure out which one to pick, yeah, like too old and the what does Dan call them? One hit by a boss, he calls them a meatball. Yeah, <laughs> they end up finding one who was like in his twenties, decent health. They just inject some reagent in the back of the skull. Nothing really happens, so they inject with more, and then uh, that corpse just gets up and instantly freaks out. <laughs> yeah, and starts attacking them. And then um, the dean find finds out about what's happening, so he ends up showing up, like trying to like, hey, like what's going on in there? Yeah, and, and the uh, dean. Uh, I the, like how the the dude just the reanimated guy just knocks the door down. Yeah, on top of the dean, the huge giant door. <laughs> yeah, and first of many butts in this movie too. Oh yeah, this movie has like a pretty decent amount of nudity. In it. A lot of and butts. It, and it's mostly dude butts. Mostly dude butts. Yeah. Almost entirely dude butts. Yeah. Which, way to go, reanimator. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you're being pretty uh, progressive there for 1985. And there's a, there's some wang in it, too. Not a lot. Not a lot, but it's there. Not gratuitous wang. No, but... That's a band name. <laughs> gratuitous wang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's also, like, one later on in the... <laughs> Towards the end of the movie, Burnt Wang. Nice. There's like some burn makeup going on. I didn't pick that one up. Yeah, it was kind of dark, but it's there. So a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah, so they end up having to uh, fight this hulking naked man. <laughs> and uh, West ends up using the bone saw and going right straight through the back, through the front. Mm-hmm. This guy, that was a pretty cool that effect. That was a really cool effect. That's a good example of like, okay, this is our first major gore. Thing happening in the movie and just hearing people squirm and stuff yeah and laugh and chuckle yeah. that was great there was the part where they do the the um dr hill opens up the skull oh yeah yeah and takes the brain out that had some really good gore yeah that was really cool that also was grossing people out oh for sure medical stuff like that yeah that's a guaranteed gross out uh-huh even if you're kind of into gore like i i am but the medical stuff Always kind of gives me the ick. Mm-hmm. So in a panic, they're like, well, we got to just, we can't have the Dean die. I'm dating his daughter. <laughs> they have a thing going on. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just reanimate him. Sure, it'll be fine. It is not fine. Of course it's not fine. Yeah, because like everybody else, he starts freaking out. And that's actually when the security guard shows up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then they end up... Uh, taking the dean away and he ends up this is kind of weird because he ends up in a padded room that's right next to dr hill's office yeah like why did he have a padded room right next to his office convenience i guess of the story story, but you know maybe they just were like i don't know put it next to this for the set saves us a lot of time yeah but it just seemed kind of weird it's a little weird yeah yeah and dr hill since he's lobotomy crazy with his little laser drill ends up lobotomizing the dean on top of it he was already pretty far gone too right but i mean at least he's not as violent Mm -hmm. that way yeah so you're kind of like i guess whatever that plays an important part later so yeah then i guess the next major story beat is dr hill shows up when herbert west is doing some stuff and uh the door was unlocked yeah he didn't knock he just shows up in that basement. Mm-hmm. 
he's he basically just strong arms West into just letting him take all the credit for this discovery. Pretty crummy. Yeah, which he seemed really against the whole idea of the beating the six to eight or six to twelve minutes of brain activity. Yeah, he's all against it until he's proven wrong. Yep. And then he just is like, well, I'm going to steal this. This is mine now. But you know what? West isn't going to let anybody else take the credit. No. So he just decapitates Dr. Hill with a shovel. And then um, he's like, well, I've got a really fresh specimen now. What happens if I inject the head and the body? Because, of course. I mean, why not? Yeah. See what happens. He's a, he's a man of science. But it's pretty cool because Dr. Hill's head just spends a lot of time for the rest of the movie hanging out in a tray. Yeah. And just gets like some blood squirted on the bottom. So it's kind of like gurgling and soaking it in. Yeah. Raspy. I like how he's like getting off on it. Yeah. But I find it interesting, though, that he maintains a level of intelligence, if not his full intelligence. Just everybody else just kind of goes nuts. Yeah. Becomes like wildly violent. Yeah. Where he just becomes unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. But he also was able to mentally control his body. Yeah, that was kind of weird. That is kind of weird. Fun for the movie, I guess. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. It is. I mean, you. You you can't think about it too hard. No, you can't take it too seriously either. Because at this point, like, if you haven't gotten the tone of this movie, then you're just going to be lost on it. Yeah. He ends up like knocking out West. And then the big question is, how does he get around town? (laughs) Because he's just a body carrying around a head in a tray. There's a little trick that happens later, like when he sneaks into the morgue Mm -hmm. and he uses like this model head. Yeah. And puts it on top of the body. It's really funny. (laughs) That was pretty funny because when they show the head earlier in his office, when he's talking to uh, Megan about her dad, it looks like there's just, it just looks off. And I don't always remember the head gag. So this time in particular, I was like, man, that head does look kind of goofy. Like what a weird prop. And then when you see it used later, it's like, Oh that's yeah. Funny. Cause it has to fit on a human head. <laughs> it's just like a mask. Yeah. But yeah, it is pretty funny to see it wearing like the surgical mask and stuff and how the security guard not really paying attention. Even its ear falls off and he doesn't notice. Yeah, you think like, oh no, he's going to get busted. And then when he's talking, because he knows it's Dr. Hill, and then it's just him yelling from inside a bag. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so then there's like a whole bunch of stuff happening with him where, you know, he's trying to get the body to do his bidding, but the body's just always kind of clumsy and dopey and doesn't quite do things right and he gets irritated with it yeah (laughs) it reminds me of uh the show ghosts not the u.s version gross the uk version because man that u.s one is crap don't watch it anyway there's a decapitated guy on there and the the bodies his ghost body is really dumb and it's almost its own entity Mm -hmm. yeah it's a pretty funny setup yeah. So yeah, because he's lobotomized, uh, the Dean, he can now control him telepathically as well. Now he's just a reanimated head. This adds a whole new dynamic to their situation because now 
it's like he wants to start an army. Just it's, because it doesn't seem like he's really into. I'm gonna do some research and get famous from this. Yeah, he's just he wants to make an army of like Frankenstein's. Whoa, whoa! There's probably so many dongles out there who just wish we would stop talking about that movie. <laughs> Every time. I wonder how many episodes we've brought it up. This is episode 60. Woohoo. <laughs> but anyway, he gets the dean to go kidnap his daughter and bring her in. And this is where it gets gross. Yeah. Because, yeah. when You know how he mentioned he was a big creep? Well, it turns out he was completely obsessed with the dean's daughter this whole time. And they even find a file in his office where he has her hair. Yeah. And just newspaper clippings of her achievements and high school and stuff. It's really gross. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And he even lays it on really thick in one part earlier. Mm -hmm. It's just like, dude, you're gross. Yeah. This is your colleague's daughter. But, yeah. So he wastes no time ripping off her clothes. He gets very rapey on her mm-hmm. and does some gross stuff. Before it gets too gross, though, that's when he gets interrupted by Dan and Herbert. Thank goodness for that, because yeah. it was starting to get really tense, mm-hmm. and it was really uncomfortable around a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. That's where all of a sudden I was like, uh, uh. I kind of don't like watching this movie right now, because... It's hard to get not have a smile on your face watching this movie, and you definitely don't want to have one on your face during that scene. Yeah. And you just kind of, like, I found, I found myself I was like, just kind of unfocus. Just don't really pay attention to this part. But yeah, this is when um, we get a naked rampage, hmm. because all heck starts breaking loose here, and it's just reanimated bodies all over the place. Freaking out, getting squirmy. Like, they're just kind of getting into stuff randomly, even. Yeah. Because I think the chaos, he kind of, Dr. Hill kind of loses control of them. I wonder if it's a telepathic thing, or because he does just communicate to them by telling them what to do. Yeah. It might just be verbal commands. That's true, too. He might, because he also was studying where the will is in the brain, like where it's located. So I think he just like lasered the will out of them. And then could just tell them what to do. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of interesting because they're zombies, but they're not zombies in the traditional sense that everybody knows. They're not like Romero zombies. Yeah, they don't eat anything. They're still just, they're just reanimated people right. you that can, are crazy. Right. You can re-kill every, every one of them. Yeah. There's like a part where there's an arm twitching on the floor, which I figure like that was just a cool looking effect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the only one who seems to kind of have any remembrance and it could be an age thing too it could be how long they've been gone I true suppose. yeah because yeah or maybe it just doesn't matter because it's a dumb fun movie that's true and I thinking mean, about it too much is not yeah the point. That's, that's, yeah i just kind of wanted to point out that you're not like traditional zombies yeah, you can kill they're them. definitely not the dean kind of has because megan starts calling out to him and then he kind of has a moment of reason mm-hmm. and he was Far too overprotective of a father to begin with. Mm-hmm. But he was he seemed all right with Dan, though, I guess. So maybe He tolerated him, at least. Yeah. But, man, Megan always said daddy all the time. And it was just like, you... That's a red flag. That's outdated. 
that was outdated then. It was. I I, I agree. And you know what? I mean, I'm not going to tell people what to do, but ah, it's just, just weird. Don't accept that if you're a father. I guess. Yeah. It's okay if you're British, though. Dodgy. Yeah, that's fine. Dodgy. Reminds me of the little girl from Willy Wonka. <laughs> Daddy, I want a squirrel. Daddy, I want you to protect me from this reanimated corpse. See, that works. <laughs> oh, what is what is the test? The Bengal test or whatever for women? Uh, oh yeah, she's not passing it. No. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. <laughs> there's just no way. Her personality is fiance, Dean's daughter, boobs. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. Screaming. Yeah, just damsel in distress. Object of men's affections. But yeah, Wes decides to uh, do something crazy and attacks uh, Dr. Hill's body with two syringes full of reagent to overdose it. Bad idea. Does not work out well. No. Freaks out, starts smashing everything everywhere, and then falls down. The chest opens up and the intestines become alive and just start attacking West and like wrapping around him, pulling him in. At this point, there's an electrical fire happening. There's chemicals that have been spilled onto the floor. Naked people running around everywhere. Like I said, naked rampage is the best way to describe it. And so West is like, Dan, you have to save my research. And so Dan's like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to take the, the bag with the stuff, all the notes, some of the reagent, and he grabs Megan, and they go to escape. She ends up getting attacked by one of the corpses out in the hallway, and she gets strangled to death. Whoops. Oh, no. So then Dan takes her upstairs to the ER, starts performing chest compressions, she does not make it. She Just like back. the beginning of the movie. She doesn't freak out like you did the first time. Uh-huh. But man, not making a good decision here. No. Because all of a sudden the music kicks up. There's any music. And he goes into the bag, grabs a syringe, goes to inject it in the Megan. The screen goes black except for the reagent. And you just see it get injected. It's pretty cool. And then... Scream credits. And then sequel. And then another sequel. Yeah. <laughs> there are two sequels. There's Bride of Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator. Both um directed by the producer, Brian Yuzna. Hmm. You can correct me on however that name is pronounced because <laughs> I don't know. They're alright. I mean <laughs> this one get, this one had good critical responses to it. Which is... You just can't really make a, a sequel to a movie like this. Like a cult movie like this. I think you can. I mean, the second one is okay. It can just never live up to the first one. No, it really can't. I mean, it is... Not, it's not necessarily lighting in a bottle, but I think like every time it's done after this, it's more of the same. Yeah. What are you, what are, what are you going to do that's different and not everybody is gonna pull something i mean in the second one dr hill's back even though his head was squished in this one has bat wings on it flies around i got this from one of the guys from ghoul 
<laughs> what? Yeah. Because I, I did his Kickstarter for the comic book. And so I got this print of just as West, you bastard. <laughs> it's just fine. Had raw sewage did that. Oh, it's neat. That is pretty neat. <laughs> I figured if you were going to see it, you should see yeah, that. Yeah, that's an interesting story to get it from Ghoul. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about, Reanimator? The movie was really funny. Like, it was a really funny movie. Like, now, I know we normally, because you are strict, like, you don't want to do comedies. Yeah. And you tend to be hit and miss with horror comedies. Yeah. I Not suppose. everyone we've seen you're into. This one was so funny, though. The comedy in it was just great. Almost every single joke landed. They were all funny. Now, when you heard about Reanimator the musical, because Stuart Gordon started that, thankfully. Yeah. yeah. Because I knew of it, and I just thought, well, that's kind of whatever. You know, I never really heard much about it or anything, but would you go see something like that? If it kind of came around. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to where they're fitting songs in. Yeah, that's what I'd be really interested and to see. And what are the songs? Because they got to be pretty cheeky. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I imagine you can do more with like the comedy too, with something like that. It's definitely a lot more lighthearted. But yeah, and the, the visual effects were, they all landed. They were all really good. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have that much of a budget on this. What did they say when we... Oh, I forget. It was like maybe it was under a million, I think, or around a million. And I know it made money in the theaters. That's good. Yeah. So, I mean, it did all right. And it's a well-known movie today. It's a it's a classic. It has plenty of fans. I mean, I just saw somebody advertising reanimator t-shirts to me the other day. Hmm. I was like, mm, they do glow in the dark. That's hmm. pretty fun. But yeah, the special effects were good. Comedy was good. The acting was really good. Yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Combs is... Oh, so great. He's in so much stuff. And um, he's in a lot... He's in Star Trek TV a few times. Huh. Plays a couple characters. And he had a pretty good recurring role in um, Star Trek Enterprise. That's he cool. Played, he played an Andorian captain. Oh. Which is like... I don't know. There's something... Like, his delivery... The way he can just be off like that. Yeah. And kind of arrogant, I guess. He was like so good in that role. But I mean, he's in, he's in like all the sequels, just tons of stuff. So keep your eye out for him. Yeah. I'm, he definitely, like, I, I get it now. Oh, he was, here's something you might know him from. Okay. He was the voice of Ratchet on Transformers Animated and a lot of the animated Transformers shows. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So, that's cool, too. Yeah, that is pretty cool. <laughs> he it sounds like he's had a pretty successful career oh, after yeah. this. I mean, he gets around. He's still acting to this day. That's good. Same as Barbara Crampton. Both of them, just always working. Just good character actor, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Like, it's, it's hard. It's just such a good movie. It's yeah. hard when it's one that we really like and is really well known, because I just... I don't feel like dumping out a ton of trivia or anything on this one because it's just a lot of people have done it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I am okay with doing it because of we the, the circumstances for which we saw it. Yeah. 
That was really cool. And you came up with the idea of recording for it. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a great idea. Probably. Yeah, especially since it was the first time viewing. Yeah. I'd always heard about it. I remember seeing the cover for it, whether it was the DVD or whatever. Uh-huh. I remember seeing that and always wanting to watch it. Yeah, and I've always kind of wanted to watch it with you. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I guess we just never got around to it because yeah. like, it was on Joe Bob not that long ago. Mm. So I saw it on there. Yeah. And, you know, if we were going to talk about it on here, I didn't want a lot of that information coming out and you know i didn't want to take yeah. it of his material yeah yeah it's a really good movie how would you rate it saying movie and would you recommend it it's definitely a movie oh yeah it's a really good it's just such a well put together film and there's so much to it and i think it deserves all the praise it ever gets and then some and yeah i would definitely recommend it i've already recommended it to my friends oh you have yeah I told him to like watch it because, I mean, everything about it. That's this is one you should watch with your friends. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Me. Yeah. This is a movie. Yeah. This is. I mean, the fact that I still have my VHS copy somewhere, just is testament. I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, and yes, I absolutely recommend this all the time. Get grandma. Watch Reanimator with her. Get the kids, gather the kids around. Yeah. Come on, kids. The dog. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> it's family movie night. No, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for everybody. And that's one thing that this movie, I was, I did see when I was looking up the sequels and stuff, that the gore, I think because the humor was done so well in this movie that the gore got a pass with a lot of people. Mm. And that's why it got favorable reviews because the other movies are just oh it lacks the charm or sure you know it's just for the gore hounds type of thing i love it (laughs) reanimator fantastic yeah great year of 1985 it was all but 10 when that came out so yeah that's it for me i got nothing to add go see reanimator even if you have seen it watch it again watch it again and while you're at it Visitor T Public Store. We have some all right t shirts. Yeah, we do. Yeah, whatever. Get yourself your Danzig shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing it again. Just wearing it right now. <laughs> I got mine on. Be cool like me. I mean, what else what else are you gonna do? <laughs> I mean I wore my corrupted youth shirt to to uh on campus and like every couple minutes there's another person Oh my god, corrupted youth, I love that podcast. I didn't even I didn't even think to tell him that I was, you know, the Brennan, but I was humble about it. Uh, but I mean, you, that's nice. But I if mean, you want you some should... notoriety, get yourself a corrupted youth shirt. Yeah. And it, and you you're wearing it on your Tinder profile. Oh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I had to take it off. It got too it got too much attention. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, then they saw your big corrupted youth chest tattoo. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I do want to, before I get too far into this, I forgot to do it last month. I'm going to do it this month. I forgot to give a shout out to longtime dongle, Evan, who I saw him at Evercon. And it was shortly after our Judge Dredd episode came out. And he had a ton of praise to say about it because he had just uh, gone through a big run of comics 
on Judge Dredd and with a, like a group of other people. So they kind of talk about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, liked what we had to say. He liked the movie and everything. So now that was a fun episode too. Yeah. And so thank you, Evan, for the feedback. I'm still waiting on feedback from Mike. So can you just send me a text saying <laughs> that you want to leave feedback and just never do <laughs> So do it. Better be good feedback. Yeah. Speaking of feedback, you can write into us at corrupted, corrupted youth pod at gmail.com. That was a good segue. It was. High five on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Donald Dunn on Facebook. It's our group. Go up there. Look at memes. It's the slowest sinking <laughs> ship on the internet. <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> No, I mean, I like everybody in there, and sometimes there's good responses. But, you know, I don't know, to comment on something, yeah. get a conversation going. Yeah. That's why it's there. For... Court says funny stuff on there. Yeah, I mean, let's get the conversations going. You know, it can't just be like Court and Pete all the time, and sometimes Richard. Yeah. Polchel put some stuff on there once in a while. We'll post a meme now and then, so thanks for that, I guess. Hmm. So maybe it's not as dead as we were just making it out. Thanks to the dongles, our listeners. That's you guys. Yeah. You're one right now. Yeah, just if you're hearing you this, this. You've become a dongle. Yeah. Congratulations. Now you too can walk around campus looking like a stud. Mm-hmm. Just walk <laughs> past a group of people and just whisper, I'm a dongle. <gasps> <laughs> They'll all know. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, sometimes... We have to wear hats and hoodies and sunglasses when we go out in the public. Mm-hmm. We get mobbed. Yeah. It's terrible. That one time you had to be a woman. It was very yeah. progressive of you. You know what, though? I felt fantastic. I oh, loved it. Yeah. I Good. Felt very free. Good. I don't know how to follow that up now. I hit the end of the show. <laughs> Hang in there, dongles. Bye. I'm not doing it again. It works. I don't get paid enough. It works.